Hello, friends. Nico here from the Geek Cast Live, and you are proudly listening to the Movie Podcast Network. Hey there, Cartoon Joe here. If you like what we do, head on over to Patreon.com for special extras and crispy num-nums that you can get for just a few dollars a month. That's Patreon.com slash GeekCastLive. Don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes or YouTube or follow us on SoundCloud. Be sure to comment, like, review, leave cynical comments, or call Nick mean names. He likes when you do that. Like books? Hate to read? Have ears? Like to listen? Well, we have a solution. Audible.com, where there's over like a million or something books that you can listen to with your ears. Go to audible.com slash geekcastlive for a nice kick in the pants. We'll do it live! It's a trap! Podcast. I'm your host, DCR, and with me, as always, not Rob Bass. I will, in fact, be your Huckleberry. That feels well, awkward well, there at the end it without did, the. It, uh, it had like a. It didn't quite roll off my tongue. Nope. I'll tell you that. But I also didn't say it. Oh, well. Hi. Are you eating something? Like, are you eating like chocolate covered raisins? He's just crinkling the bag. I'm done now. Okay. Andy's, I'm here for you. Andy's notorious for that. We'll be recording MPW, and all you hear in the background is not like him, him typing on his computer. Oh. And you'll say, oh, that's dickish. And Jay will say, uh, Andy, you good? And he'll say, Yeah, what are you talking about? And he'll just stop. <laughs> he used to have a chair that obviously had like a. It needed like a like oil can in the back of it, <laughs> and every time he moved, it would go like ah. <laughs> <laughs> and Jay Jay Pyle, bless his heart, is is he doesn't say anything until it really bothers him, and then he'll just say like, "Hey, is anybody is is anybody uh, rocking in a chair that squeaks?" And then and, and then the noise will stop, and Andy will say. No. <laughs> what a face penis that guy is. Who was chopping wood in the rain and <laughs> right with a car, with a bike horn assembly. Right. I asked I asked Andy if you wanted to be the guest this week. Told him we were talking about Stranger Things and, and Thor, and he said, uh, is No, I'm waiting for Dorothy to come unstick my chair. <laughs> he says he says, Is seeing either one of those a prerequisite? Classic Andy. <laughs> and I said, I said, no, I figured you'd just fake it. And he said, well, anytime you want me to just come fake it, let me know. And I never got back to him. I probably, we probably could have had him on and just fake it. You probably could have. He cracks me up. He's like, uh, he's one of the sassiest people I've ever listened to on a podcast. He is. He's like the Ray Gillette of the movie podcast weekly. Been watching a lot of Archer recently. Oh, I was going to say, who's Ray Gillette? What's an archer? 
Oh, it's this great, uh, it's this new thing uh, that's a, an eight-season uh, adult cartoon <laughs> on FX. Who's, are oh. you trying to say Pen Gillette? No, Ray Gillette. No, Pen Gillette's the magician with uh, the the non-talking magician. They work together. Young, t- young, yeah, junior Tiger Mall or whatever. Is, he's also like the Grand that. Wizard of the Libertarian Party, isn't he? Junior Tiger Mall is a... They have, they have libertarians? <clears throat> yeah. Uh, Penn Gillette is like a ardent libertarian. Quite the cast on this Archer program. Yeah, it's actually a pretty stellar cast. Chris Parnell, who I didn't realize was on both shows until I was doing this rewatch. It's a great character. I say both shows as though everyone assumes I'm talking about Rick and Morty. I knew exactly what show you were talking about. To yep. Be completely opposite. <laughs> I figured. The characters are tremendous. It's actually a, you would you would really enjoy the show. I, I like the show. I just never. It's not on my uh, like rotation. I, I don't make I don't make time for Archer. But what I've seen, I really enjoy. What's his, what's his, like, code name? Is it Duchess? Duchess, yep. Yeah. Sterling Mallory Archer. Codename Duchess. Oh. <laughs> uh, Cut-rate Buck Henry is a great name. Um, so I, I, I stumbled upon a thing today, guys, that I wanted to... I've been, I've been really wanting to share with you. Um... Do you guys familiar with Ranker.com by chance? Uh, yeah, I believe so. yeah, it's like that uh, really weird Star Wars like fucking fetish porn thing. I wouldn't, I don't watch it, but oh no, you're thinking of Rancor.org. Uh, is that the same thing? No, this is Ranker. Uh, R-A-N-K-E-R. Oh, oh. gotcha. Um, uh, Ranker, which actually, if you go to and you search for geek blogs. Let's see if let's see where we're at on here. If you search for a geek blog, well, basically what Ranker is is it takes lists and then it allows you to uh, it ranks different things. So you could go like I mean I'm sure there's one that says like a band. It's probably like bands of the '80s, and you can it ranks them and you can vote up or vote down. However you want to, whatever you see uh, fit. You know, so like if you if you think winger shouldn't be fifth, you could vote it up to fourth. Okay, like Wikipedia style, like it's just an, it's there's uh, there's no there's really no info about any of it. It's literally just like a list. Like okay. right now, if you go to ranker.com and you search for um uh the best geek blogs on the internet, we're number two behind thegeeko.com. Who are those fucking guys? I don't know, but I just voted them down and voted us up. So fuck yeah! I hope uh, we have fifty-one upvotes and fifty downvotes. They have who down who's downvoted us fifty. They times. have. I'm pretty sure the guys from the Geeko. <laughs> they have fifty downvotes and fifty-five upvotes, so they're beating us by four upvotes. But so anyway, mouth breathers. It's like so anyway. Their logo sucks, too. Well, Same. it's very Geico, isn't it? Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Ooh, we're beating the G2V podcast. Suck yep, it, Blumberg. G2V's up. We're also beating Geek and Sundry, Will Wheaton, uh, just Reddit <laughs> in general. 
Um, some of my favorite ones are on there too. Like um, uh, I read Wired quite a bit. Um, Laughingsquid.com, TechCrunch. Um, Ooh, Mental Floss. Yeah, I see it, but like I don't see like uh, um, Monkeys Fighting Robots is not on here, I don't believe. And they're one of my faves. Um, yeah, the Huffington Post, the 70th. Ariana can get bent. But anyway, that's what Ranker is. How is the Huffington I, Post even on here? I often go to Ranker just to see just to see some things, see where, see where things are at. And I found the Ranker list of the weirdest titles Kim Jong-il gave himself. <laughs> okay. Now, do you guys want them from the bottom up? Or from top down. This is Kim Jong Il. Kim Jong Il. Bottom not, up. Uh, not not the current dear leader. Gotcha. Nick, you still with us? Yep. Okay. <laughs> Skype is doing it again. All right. Well, I've been on mute apparently. The top thirty titles Kim Jong Il gave himself. These killed me. Thirty is. Mastermind of the Revolution. Do you guys want to? That's a great grunge that, band. Upvote it, downvote it, or leave it exactly where it's at. Uh, well, what's what's the one right above it? Let me. Can we get that comparison Number first? Twenty nine is Guarantee of the Fatherland's Unification. Mm, I want to upvote the Mastermind of the Revolution. No, I like Grandfather of um, whatever the fuck. Number twenty eight, The Saint of All Saints. That's strong. That should be number one. Strong. I promise you, it's not number one. As soon as you read what the top three are, I believe you. Number twenty-seven is the highest incarnation of the revolutionary comradeship. Comradeship. That's kind of a mouthful. Right. I'm downvoting it. Yeah. Please do. Yeah. Twenty-six is Kim Jong Il, son of the communist future. Wait, how many of these are there? Son spelled with a U. Amazing. Uh, that's number, see, I said 26. There's 25 more? Oh, yes. Sweet hell. All right. I'm going to drink. 25. He gave, no, no, no. Stay. Uh, trust me. Okay. He gave himself the title of, of superior person. <laughs> <laughs> I'll move that one up. Okay. Moving that one up. Uh, 24. The guiding star of the 21st century. Down. 23, the shining star of Pick Two Mountain. <laughs> Way up. <laughs> like, wait, like, like Pick Two, like uh, when you go into Panera and you want soup and a sandwich? <laughs> P A E K T U. Yeah, nope. Number 22, the great son of life. Son spelled with a U. Amazing. 21. He once gave himself the title of Great Man Who is a Man of Deeds. <laughs> it, oh. it sounds more badass than North Korean. <laughs> great Man Who is a Man of Deeds. Can anybody give themselves titles like this? Or do you have I to be a semi-mortal god king? I think just Dear Leader. Although after reading this, the challenge for next week might be your top five things you will refer to yourself as going forward. <laughs> Number 20, Generalissimo of the Democratic People's Republic of Korea. Hold on. He threw That's in a- some Spanish? 
Generalissimo of the Democratic People's Republic of Korea. It's a real softball. There. Right. They're Spanish and they're not a democracy. So I think <laughs> that one automatically has to move up as many spots as I can move it up. The well, they're, they're none of the things they call themselves as the glorious Democratic People's Republic of Korea. Of Korea. So, Number That's 19. wonderful. He once labeled himself as the leader with extraordinary personality. <laughs> well, who wouldn't? Well, I mean, why wouldn't you if you're going to be supreme leader? <laughs> Number 18, the world's greatest writer. <laughs> oh, shit. Number, Number 17, 17 inventor of the question mark. A heaven sent hero. I hope it's with a with a C, like a heaven scented hero. <laughs> Number sixteen, lodestar of the twenty first century. That was after lunch with the OG. <laughs> he said, "Why don't you call? I'm going to call myself the son of the twenty first century." And the OG said, mm, "Use lodestar. Load spelled like Kurt Loader." L-O-D-E. As opposed to the, as opposed to L-O-A-D star. <laughs> right. Why not the lodestone? Number 15. The ever-victorious iron-willed commander. So, all right. When he said he called himself, is this literally like he referred to himself in third person? With he referred to himself. Or he wrote this down or what? He referred to himself as these things. What a shit monster. <laughs> now, this is the this is the ranker list of top 30. There's actually, um, according to The Economist, Kim died with over 1,200 different titles bestowed on him, from variations on dear leader to unearned military titles to flowery operatic nonsense. Flowery opera, operatic <clears throat> nonsense. Yep. And sometimes all of the above. So where were we were at the, uh, yeah, uh, uh, number 15, the ever victorious iron willed commander. Number 14, perfect picture of wisdom and boldness. Fantastic. He got that off of the back of a Doritos bag, I think. Probably. My favorite, one of my favorites is number 13, because it's just right to the point. Uh, greatest man who ever lived. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I am Kim Jong-il. Greatest man who ever lived. Uh, number 12, present day God. It's strong. Strong. Number, number 11, the world's best ideal leader with versatile talents. <laughs> <laughs> number 10, power incarnate with endless creativity. Like I'm amazed. Well, that makes sense because he's many. he's the world's greatest writer. He's like the world's greatest art teacher. Uh, <laughs> number nine, glorious general who descended from heaven. My goodness. Number eight, greatest saint who rules with extensive magnani- magnanimity. It's amazing. N- number seven, man with encyclopedic knowledge. <laughs> like number just six. just encyclopedic knowledge, not of anything, just 
Like he knows that encyclopedias exist. Right. Right. He's got knowledge of the existence of encyclopedias. And, and he, he just does a list. And if he met if he met you, he would call you Snedden, Joe. Right. <laughs> I think he actually uh, would though, because that's how like Asian naming conventions work. <clears throat> this is a weird one. Number six, supreme commander at the forefront of the struggle against imperialism in the United States. There's some imams who disagree. Not only is he disagree. the world's best writer, but number five, he's also humankind's greatest musical genius. Of course. <laughs> number four, guardian de- deity of the planet. You know, everything has been downhill since he died. And now the top three, which are, I want you to put yourself in a place where with 100% conviction, you refer to yourself as any of these three things. (laughs) Okay? All right. Number three, master of the computer who surprised (laughs) the world. (laughs) Wait, did the computer surprise the world? I don't know. Okay. I don't know if he's the master of the computer who also surprised the world or if he's the master of the computer who surprised the world. I don't know. Excellent. I'm torn between reading these. Number two is my all-time favorite. But I, I'm, I'm going to read them to you in order. Okay. I can't get past this one. But this is what he called himself one time. He referred to himself as Dear Leader, who is a perfect incarnation of the appearance that a leader should have. <laughs> I am the perfect I don't even... I am the perfect incarnation of the appearance that a leader should have. What should it's a like... leader look like? Me. That's right. Me. It's like listening to a tourist order food at an American restaurant when that tourist really thinks they speak English really well? The perfect incarnation of the appearance that a leader should have. And now number one. And I know you're listening, Grandma Elliot, but you and Kim Jong-il had similar styles and glasses and hair. Shoe fetish? What? And I would never refer to you as the eternal bosom of hot love. <laughs> There's no chance that that is on that list. <laughs> once called himself the eternal bosom of hot love. <laughs> That's tough to beat. That is just tough to beat. It's why it's number one. Well, well deserved on this dubious list. Uh it's amazing. That was beautiful. I, I saw that because I, I every once in a while Ranker will pop up as I, I won't know I'm going to Ranker when I go when I see like a Facebook clickbait article. Yep. And it'll take me to Ranker. And I clicked on the I think it said something like Kim Jong il once like the first time he golfed, he golfed eighteen holes and shot an eighteen. Yep. So and he's he never golfed again. Why would you? You shot a you shot an 18 on 18. Right. That's tremendous. Do you do either of you remember the John Oliver? I think it was John Oliver. It might have been Smith the B a couple of months ago where 
if I think it was Samantha B where she actually goes to North Korea or she goes to the maybe it's the demilitarized zone, but she's getting like a tour, like a walking tour of from like one of the North Korean PR people. Yes. Yes, I forgot about this, but yes. And and she's talking about how he was like this is the current Kim Jong um fat comb over kid. Right. Where it's like she's talking about how he's a a, a master uh marksman mm-hmm. and then he's like shot six bullseyes and Samantha B asked him like, Yeah, when did he do that? Uh when he was six. <laughs> but just like straight up, you know, not no irony, no deadpan, just yeah, yeah. Six years old, he made bullseye from two thousand meters away. Right. It's funnier when it's real and live than my retelling, but it still made me laugh. So carry on. Well, it is, it's carry. it's what's funny about it is watching her body language because you can see it's like watching it's like watching that woman who's trying to describe Apple stores as uh, town squares. Yes, um, where like as it comes, uh, she's she's brainwashed herself, but yet when it comes out of her mouth, right, it even sounds a little weird to her. She's she's saying it like she believes it, but she's also saying it like if she doesn't say it this way, her family is going to be disappeared. And it's so <laughs> evident. Oh shit! So yeah, like a thousand yard dead eyed stare. <laughs> Oh, North Korea, you're fun. Hey, so I got my Pico brew in. You did? My yeah. Pico, my Pico C. I'm so excited for that. Yep, have you, take, have a, you taken her for a test run yet? Uh, it is out of its packaging. It is sitting downstairs in my basement where my bar will be, where it will be. Um, I have not used it yet, but I do have. Uh, it came with my first. It came with a Pico pack as part of the stretch goals that they hit. Um, I've got two more Pico packs coming. Uh, one of them is a kombucha. Ooh. Um, and then, uh, what kind of beer is that? I'm just kidding. I know what kombucha uh, is. And then the, uh, the, I've never had kombucha actually. It's so I... interesting. But then I got the, the Pico still is still coming and there's something called a Pico firm, which is, uh, used during the fermentation process. It attaches to the fermentation keg and it, uh, it gives some sort of visual readout on your beer as it goes. Um, those are all still incoming. But it's a, it's a fully functional unit. Um, I think I'm going to use it. I think actually the fir- I'm not even going to – the first thing I use it for, I'm not even going to brew beer with it. I am going to uh, – um, I'm going to sous vide with it Sunday. I'm making um, fried chicken. Nice. So you can make fried chicken in it? Well, you can't do the frying part, but you could sous vide the chicken so it's it's fully cooked, but it'll be really moist. And then you, you would take the fully cooked chicken out of the sous vide machine, dredge it, and and because you don't have to cook the chicken in the fry, you don't have really greasy like uh, over fried chicken. So you the chicken's cooked. You only need to fry it for like two minutes, just long enough to get it to be golden brown. Just like Grandma you, Kuykendall used to make. And well, I'm going to use my air fryer, which I will, I won't even have. We fried chicken in it before, and it makes I mean it makes amazing fried chicken. It's not oily or greasy or nothing. So I'm going to sous vide my chicken. I only have to air fry it for three minutes, and I'll have 
like incredibly healthy fried chicken. So an air fryer? Oh yeah. Uh, Mom and dad got it for us for Christmas last year. We actually use it quite a bit. It makes uh, like a, you could put tater tots in the oven or you could air fry them and they're like incredibly crispy. And they're, like I said, you're not, you're not frying anything. It's just hot air. I'll try one of those sometime. So, yeah, it's actually really good. But yeah, and then, uh, um, so I think I'm going to sous vide with it Sunday and then Sunday night I'm going to put the, uh, the first pico pack in it and I... In two hours, I'll have beer and a fermentation keg with, uh, um, I mean, no muss, no fuss. So uh, I'm hoping by Thanksgiving, I'll be able to actually uh, transfer it from the fermentation keg to the serving keg and uh, have have a homebrew beer, which is cool. That does sound excellent. Yeah, especially, I mean, and then I just take the tray out. It, I put it in the dishwasher. Uh and I just put it away. And they say there's there's something there about using uh, sanitizing it uh, right off the bat, but um, I don't know what that I don't know what that process is. But I don't think it can be anything crazy. The way that it seems to be such a contained unit, you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Not to jump into the Geek Weekly early, but I just want to talk to you guys about it. Reverse Geekly. That'd be a, a fun. I don't even know segment. I like that you said reverse geekly, though. It kind of made me giggle. Mm-hmm. So I'm also drinking a new bourbon. Yeah? What'd you Yeah. Like? It's a... Uh, Avador? Avador? It's a... A-M? Oh, Amador. It's a uh, wine barrel aged bourbon. Ooh. Um, wine barrel. Okay. Uh, under 20 bucks. Uh, yeah. Um, no, I'll tell you, it's, uh, it's actually pretty smooth. It's uh, I, I expected it to be bourbon that was under twenty bucks, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Yes. But the the, it, the next thing you purchase is a two liter of Coke. Exactly. I mean that's uh, I I don't ha- I don't uh, own Jim Beam to drink it on the rocks. Right. That's I I own Jim Beam because it's fucking like seven dollars for a right. fucking. Yeah. I, I own and, Jim Beam because I'm a writer for the White House, and it's the only way I can get through a speech. Yeah, I, I own Jim Beam because for when I have company over. Right, I own Jim Beam because I have Coke Zero I need to get rid of. I own Jim Beam because I like paying for schools in Kentucky. <laughs> I own Jim Beam because fuck Jack Daniels. Yeah, I own Jim Beam because Jack Daniels tastes like poison. I own Jim Beam because I needed something to pair with my cheap handgun. <laughs> <laughs> I own Jim Beam because this MMA won't watch itself. Oh, <laughs> uh, this is a fun. I, I really I like this game. I own Jim Beam because my dad didn't love me enough to tell me that the way I drank in college wasn't the way that a man's going to drink. I own Jim Beam because I don't have health insurance and pills are too expensive. <laughs> What a takedown of a product. <laughs> I love it. And it's and, and the funny thing is, is, we just spent four minutes tearing it down. It's the bourbon I own when I have cheap bourbon. For all oh, of for sure. Oh, yeah, no, it's I, not I that. Have that. Handle of Jim Beam. <laughs> if I'm gonna, I own Jim Beam because I have company coming over. 
Yeah, because when they say, give, just give me a Jack and Coke, I don't have the heart to tell them that I like them too much to give them a Jack and Coke. Right. And I'm also not going to waste my Buffalo Trace with Yeah, cola. you don't, you don't, you don't waste, the guy who wants like a, like a, yeah, I'll have some, you, you drinking bourbon? Yeah, I'll have some too. Put a splash of Sprite in there? Sweet. Mm -hmm. Let me pivot Honey, you. Honey, where's my handle of beam? Right. Let me pivot you to this, uh. Uh, to the purple bag of Crown Royal. <laughs> Not even the Crown, uh, you know, you don't get Crown Black either. Uh uh. Mm -mm. <clears throat> I'm sorry, did you say Seagram's? <laughs> Off to the freezer <laughs> to get my cold bottle Seagram's. of Seagram's. <laughs> uh, when you want to drink, when you want to drink, uh, <laughs> when you want to drink whiskey, but you only have plastic cups. Seagram. Oh, that's a good one. That's great. Also applies to gin. Yes. Totally. Oh, God, I've drank some fucking bad booze in my life. Preach. Yeah. What's the uh, what's the cheapest bottle of vodka you ever bought in college? Dark Eyes. Skull. Skull? Well, I was going to say Skull. Or Dark Eyes. Or uh, Kamchatka. Kamchatka. There you go. I, I bought vodka so bad that it took like a like a ten to one Mountain Dew ratio <laughs> for consumption. Like a like yeah, two, put two shots of that in that two liter. There you go. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Pretty much. We had a you guys have heard the story when we Grandpa like cleaned out some dudes like he died and so he cleaned out his house and he had like a bunch of old bottles of bourbon. No, I, don't I, think so. I maybe we, we were going out to Justin's out in Iowa. And me and Natalie, Paul, and Connie, and we drove out there. We took one of these bottles, and it was it had it was so old it had set sedentary so long it had separated. So there was like clear alcohol or like clear liquid at the top, and then a real murky brown at the bottom, like pure spirits to the top. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and we took and like shook it, <laughs> and then poured out shots. And it was like I mean it was, I mean. It would start a car on its own. You just you'd like you'd pour it over the carburetor and it would just drive away. <clears throat> and uh, I've never been more sick in my life. It actually made you like don't like just tasted awful or actually no. made you no, it tasted like I was drinking like a shot of Everclear or something that was really harsh. But we drank, it, we drank it because it was fucking whiskey, it was bourbon from like 1937. And the next day, like that night into the next day, we were supposed to wake up in the morning and go into Galena, Illinois, and spend all day shopping and then go to Vinnie Venucci's for dinner and like make a day. Me, Paul, and Justin, none of us could get up. Like we were like, like vomiting. Our eyes were bleeding. It was like we couldn't. So it wasn't so good. No, we were, saying. we were poisoned. <laughs> <laughs> so like we survived an assassination attempt <laughs> is what it was and i was poisoned by uh what was that really when you couldn't afford like no i can't even think of the name i'm trying to say of the cheap tequila i couldn't afford to buy like, was it tequila rose was that is, is it that, is, thing? is tequila rose the like cream tequila no, no, it's just a cheap, I think it's just a really cheap one. Like when you can't afford Cuervo, 
back when you thought Cuervo was your high end tequila, like right, college, like, like like just a, like a like a like a <clears throat> like the Cuervo, like just Jose Cuervo, not like Cuervo Gold or no, just a Reposado just or Jose. Just, yeah, nope. When that yep, was just, like, yeah, I'm drinking fucking snake bites all night, baby. Mm-hmm. Before God blessed you with Patron, and yeah, silver tequilas. Or, or even like, um, well, that yeah, that's what it actually—silver tequilas. Because even like, even Sammy Hagar's shit is better mm-hmm. than any of the shit I drank back in the day. Right. Give. Uh, I'll take Death by Cabo Wabo than fucking the gnarliness that I was drinking. That yeah. that basically poisoned me. Now, granted, I you're not supposed to drink a whole bottle of anything, but <laughs> no, I don't think so. Fair. Uh, I don't Seven dollar so. tequila. Fifths is not not the way you want to go out. Yeah, that's Just actually saying. I can't I can't smell Captain Morgan without vomiting in my mouth. God, I, I never even had a bad Captain Morgan night, and I can't smell Captain Morgan without wanting to it's, vomit in my mouth. I, I've I've wanted. There's been times where I've been like, you know, I'm gonna get back into rum, but there's something about rum that even even like a high like I have a uh, Tomas Arajo brought like. Rum from Colombia. I have it here at my house, and it's like supposedly like the world's greatest, most expensive rum or some shit. And I opened it up and was like, I smelled it and was like, nope, that smells like rum. And yeah, I I can't, I can't do that. I need to drown this in pineapple juice and liquid coconut, and then maybe <laughs> yes. right. And I don't maybe. And then why? And then why do it? Ugh. It reminds me of this. Is, is rum the, of all the different genres of spirit, is rum the one with the most violent separation from cheap to good? Or would it be I, gin? Ooh, that's a really you know good question. Saying? Yeah, I know exactly what you're saying. Because there's some gins that are just, like, I love gin. There are some gins that are awful. Yeah, like I'm, of course, like I'm, I'm a gin snob now, like, and I'm right. a bourbon snob. But if, if you know, worst came to worst, it's not like Jim Beam's gonna gonna make me gag or something. Correct. But, but like, whatever the the entry level rum is, God, I can't. There's not a mm, like, no. or like Seagram's gin. I was thinking more like slow. But. Yeah, well, <laughs> slow gin. Grape flavored gin. <laughs> Yuck. <laughs> like vodka is almost never really good unless you really buy a really nice vodka. Well, you know, and even like, that, you like I've never you don't really been able to tell. Meat. I've never really been able to. I've never really been able to tell. Like, like if you give me like Sky and Ciroc, I'm gonna say like, yeah, they both taste like vodka. Like nothing. Right. Yeah. As they should. But if you get into like when you get into your the, the lowest shelf at the liquor store, your paint thinners of vodka. Oh, yeah. Boy, that's that is just abrasive. To answer your question, I think the answer is I think the answer has to be. Gin. I, that's where I was leaning. It's either gin or rum to me. I don't know if I've had high end rum ever. Well, yeah, you had because you've you've met the Paul Star, which means at some point you've had some rum concoction that he's invented and self-aged. And oh, that's fair. Was the Brumbu? Was that rum? <clears throat> yeah, that it has rum. rum in the middle of it, so that makes sense. It was rum. Yes. 
with really uh, well doctored with like cloves in it right which also got me as hammered as i think i've ever been <laughs> yeah you're pretty drunk <clears throat> well, that, was, that was your brother's fault well he was plying you for information and he had a lot he of dimes he yep he challenged my manhood and <laughs> See where that got that. you. Yep, singing upside down on a table. I got. Uh, uh, did yeah, I ever tell you about when we went though. to when we went to the Dominican Republic on vacation, and they we fell right into a into a tourist trap. Me and Natalie and, and <laughs> like, the other couple like were with. off the plane into tourist trap. Pretty uh, pretty much. From the did time you fall we for got... like the luggage one, where like the <laughs> wrong guy gets your luggage and leads you to the timeshare guy. for the right away they started plying us with this like hey man when you when you get to the resort make sure you have some uh some uh mama juana not Mm. marijuana mama juana so alcohol well right away my wife's like i'm not smoking marijuana and i'm like i don't think he's first of all i don't think he's saying that (laughs) <laughs> Secondly, I'd never make you do a drug if you didn't want to do it. Um, so, like, quit, like, chill. You know, we're on vacation. Well, the guy who's driving our shuttle is telling all, I mean, because we're all, everybody's, we're going to a resort where it's all couples. So he's, you know, he's like, oh, are you guys going to have some, he starts telling us, you know, Mama Juana, it's, uh, it's what we drink on the island to get, like, our libido up. Like it's uh, uh it's Dominican Viagra, he said, right? <laughs> okay. So it's like day two of our seven day vacation in the Dominican, and we're eating lunch, and the waiter comes over, and he's like, uh, "Mama Juana," you know? And I'm like, I, I'm like, "Fuck, man!" It's like, yeah. So we get a little, you know, so my dick gets hard. We get horny, and we do a thing. I'm in. It's well, 9.30 no in the morning. I'm up for it. Right. I'm like, yeah, it's 9, yeah, yeah. It's 9.30 in the morning. We're having eggs. I'm on vacation. No one wants to do it. So now it's day four, and we've been drinking all day. We're having a great time. We go to lunch, and the guy comes over, and he says, like, and, and they're so, like. Insistent. Like, no, no, they're treating it like, like they're saying, like. Cobra whiskey and lady boys. <laughs> yes. That's what it's it, like. <laughs> Yes, pretty much. They're, they're they're treating it like they're like wanting to see if we want to join the sex trade. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, and so they're. I mean, they're even doing a thing where they're like they're looking around to see if like is anybody watching, you know? And then they lean in. The guy's like, "You want some Mama Juana?" And uh, my wife says, "Yeah, four of them." And I'm like, <laughs> "I'm like, all right, you know, uh-huh. I'm gonna do mm-hmm. this thing." Well, I'm, I'm pretty you sure. You quagmired. I'm pretty sure that in the in the back, they've got like a mason jar filled with like sticks and rocks and maybe a dead bird, and they pour fucking rum over the top of it, and they just like leave it in the sun like it's fucking tea. Mm-hmm. And then when fucking when the whitest four people of the resort show up for lunch, they ply you with some illegal mama juana. And then you give them a nice tip when you're not supposed to tip at the fucking all-inclusive resort. Mm-hmm. It's just – you want to talk about the worst rum I've ever had. It was like 
it was like the blood of two guinea fowl and the bark <laughs> of an oak tree. And then is, they poured rum through it into a fucking shot glass. Is this the stuff that wow. like instantly coats your teeth in like whatever it is that enamel turns into when it reacts to pure ethanol? Yeah, it was bad. It was it was like it was terrible. And the guy like laughed at us and was like, "Oh yeah," and then walked away. And I'm thinking like, okay, small price to pay for like yeah, but the how, best how was your, sex of my life. Yeah, how was your boner though? Is the real question. Within minutes. I was in the worst marital spat of my life. <laughs> oh, really? On vacation? That's... All, both couples fought the rest of the day. And then we, we went to bed unsatisfied, woke up the next morning saying, so we were duped and we're never having that again. Biggest tourist trap I've ever walked into in my life. I believe I actually had that. Uh, so about two years ago now, uh, a friend of mine died from uh, uh, basically necrotic feet. He's diabetic, and uh, at his at his family's memorial of him, we had what they his family referred to as redneck shiva, and that's what we drank to celebrate his passing. Hold on, unpack. No, Ryan. No, 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 no. Go on, Joe. Okay. No, that that was it. That was it. We we sat shiva for a weekend and drank Mama Juana and slept on a slowly deflating air mattress, and then all went home. (laughs) Which brings up my next point. Son of a bitch. Is there anything worse than a slowly deflating air mattress? At like a place you don't really want to be spending the night in the first place. <laughs> like a no. tent? Either in a tent or like, yeah, I guess we'll stay. Well, we have an air mattress. Oh, thank you. Uh, yeah, and don't you just like, have, I'd rather have a, don't you have hardwood in your kitchen? I'll just take right. that. I've. Dude, I swear it's one of the worst. You wake up and everything's rolled to the center. Mm-hmm. Ugh. You've slipped four vertebrae. It's like sleeping with wet socks on. Right. That's the equivalent. God. The heat isn't in isn't on in the room and it's February and you this can't warm the air inside of the slowly leaking so mattress. Well, when see here's the that's thing. Actually when Rob's worse. not here, when Rob's not here, we have to make ourselves feel bad. <laughs> It's so, working. So we have to talk I'm, about I'm picturing like, being have, passed out about drunk on slow feet. gin with wet socks and a deflating air mattress. And I just <laughs> I'm disheartened. After after fighting with my wife about Kakowama or whatever the fuck it was. <laughs> it's miserable. That's the worst evening. So you get in a fight with your wife and she banishes you to the air mattress. Right, it's and, and, you, and she threw your shoes outside, and it's raining. Right, and you and you made the mistake of trying to retrieve them, but oh, your feet got wet, and so you came back inside because it was raining out, and yep. you're so drunk on slow gin, you just didn't even take them off. Nope, you just collapsed in the middle of the uh, depleted air mattress in your wet socks. Yep, you wake up in the morning with necrotic feet, <laughs> and. <laughs> and, and, and a wicked case of ED. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's terrible. That's the Awful. that's the worst. <laughs> In the middle of the night, Mayan trickster god Kako Huama. <laughs> stole all your hay or something. <laughs> Party all the hay's gone. As he would. 
The bummer is you can't wake up and greet your wife colloquially. You just have to say hello because your hay has been stolen. And the cockawana didn't take, so you can't give her the friendly wake up. That's right. Miserable. <laughs> hey. So who wants Stranger Things? I was speaking, speaking of miserable things. <laughs> yeah, who, who sat through nine episodes of season two of Stranger Things? I did. I did too. This guy. Um, I I've got I have thoughts. I've uh, got I, so many thoughts, so many thoughts. Um, I hope they were. I hope they're good, Nick. They uh they were good right up until uh our last episode last week with the uh, artificial hype season episode five, which I realized I'd already I, seen. Mm. No, I, when the, when the smoke monster took over this show's version of John Luck. Actually, I yes, think it was a slow winding three hours into hell. I think I, uh, I think what happened was what I was trying, what was the episode where uh, my man, Steve Harrington, Started becoming babysitter of the year, and he fought the demi dogs in the junkyard. Was that episode six? Six. I don't remember. I, yeah, six sounds right. Six. Hype, I was trying to hype episode six, mm. and I fucked up and told you it was five. Just so you know, that's one hundred percent on me. I thought episode six was episode five. Totally screwed you on that one. Well, I, I, I don't know. I agreed with you because I felt that episode five was the turn. You know, because like like everything's kind of it's we we can jump right back into it at the point where where the world is strange uh, with season two because we've already lived through a season one where the the upside down exists, but it was still relatively normal until season until episode five because episode five is when when the shadow monster takes over Will yeah, and, uh, and Sheriff Vicodin falls into the hole right. Like that's that's where that's where this season like actually became strange to me, and so I liked it. I, I actually really enjoyed it. Um, also, that's where uh, the eighties dads really eighties dads. Well, I honestly you, you liked episode six, or you liked the entire season. I liked the entire season. I like, I like the entire season. I think season two is what makes me say that it's almost a perfect series. Mm-hmm. It would have been the perfect series if they had just ended it after season one. I agree with you, Nick. As much as I loved it was, season it, two, it was it was so perfect. It didn't need anything else. It was it was. <clears throat> I I was sadly disappointed because I was really excited for it, and it got off to a pretty righteous start the first few episodes. Um. I, I just I think they really lost their way. I think your your John Locke analogy was pretty good. It was um, like, actually- Joe, you've you've said this before about maybe it was Marvel or something, but where it's like they they're they feel like they've got their finger on the pulse of what they're like flash in the pan. Lightning in a Bottle, you know, genius was of the first season, and they just throttled it to death. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, I mean, I, uh, it wasn't like it was awful or anything, but it, it wasn't good. That last episode, well, what? All right, hold on. Let's just let's just talk about the 
the 800-pound gorilla in the room. What the fuck was the 11 Takes a Holiday episode to find herself in Chicago? Uh, That was set up for season three. It was, well, first, I I do think it was set up for season three. I also think it was, it was their way of making Eleven decide what home was. Mm -hmm. But it was so awfully done. It was the... Even in a show, even in a show that part of their genius is their ability to layer and encapsulate 80 stereotypes, right? It, it was the weak, it was the weak point. Her, her, uh, <clears throat> as much as I like the addition of like the punk aspect of the eighties in the show, mm-hmm. that was, that was the weakest point. Yeah. It, it became like, Oh, it went way past homage into just, well, and it was it was lazy homage. Cliches. It was yeah. just... Cliche. That's that's the word for lazy homage. Yeah. It, <laughs> it was it was sloppy and it was dumb and what I think is funny is because we just recorded a uh, a Stranger Things special feature episode for the network. I saw that. We did? Well, I did. Um, uh-huh. and the one thing that was brought up in reference to Stranger Things constantly which you guys brought up here independently of me saying anything is the show lost mm. which i find because there's it's strange to me because there's re- there really aren't that many parallels between the two no aside from the fact that it, it's an ensemble cast mm-hmm. and it and its subject matter is not commonplace after that there's no real parallels yes there are <laughs> the, first one, the first one that comes to mind is that it was a um, a completely original, original, out of left field, and unpredictable storyline in season one for both. There was a great, great amount of somewhat unintentional mystery and and tension. That was built up, and then once the uh, the original kind of climax hits, then all the subsequent tension and plot twists built off of that can't hold up to the to the original premise. Did to did the, Lost, to the original mystery? Yeah. You know? Did Lost end for you? Did the I'm uh, did the did the rose did the petals fall off the rose for you? when you first actually saw the smoke monster with Mr. Echo. Is that, um, is that when you, is that? No, when you... no, this, the, I don't think the smoke monster derailed it as much as the others did. Once the, once the, the truth of the others came out in all its glory is when it started to lose. I mean, that tension. Right. Um, was, was once... what was, I think so, so riveting just like in stranger things you know the kind of not not the demogorgon itself but you know the idea of 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 where and what it was not the fear of it itself but the understanding once that 
bubble burst, like, you know, there, there was nowhere near the same level of, of tension. They tried to make it with, with smoke octopus and stranger things, but mm-hmm. like the little tiny Demogorgon things, it just didn't, it's like, it's like alien to aliens, you know? Yeah, they, but, but even, I mean, that alien to aliens, those are both great movies. They are. I'm just saying the template's the same. You know, okay. Alien the I first heard, one was saying. was the was the the queen and and then the second one was a, a ton of smaller ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So I I didn't I don't know. Hey, that's that's a that's a fair comparison. I I actually I really liked it because like uh, so when I think when I think about franchises, I guess that that try to recapture lightning in a bottle. Um, but but try but overdo it. I think of Guardians uh, of the Galaxy and Guardians of the Galaxy Two, which yeah. uh, I felt like they they really put juice to the wrong parts when they when they brought Gal- Guardians of the Galaxy Two. I still enjoyed the movie, but like they they tried to make uh, they they made it too much about like the eighties music and uh, cute Groot than about like the the actual storyline or plot. But what I liked about this, the second season of, of stranger things was that even though it was in, in lots of ways, the exact same template, um, they didn't, it didn't feel to me like they tried to overdo too much of it. Like the, I'll give you the eighties punks, but for the most part, it was like, like they basically very much like a, like, like quote unquote, good dime store eighties horror novels. They gave me the exact same thing with a slightly different premise, which is all I actually wanted out of season two anyway. Like I actually, in a perfect world, they wouldn't have even returned to like Hawkins, Indiana. They would have gone somewhere else that that research lab also had a lab at and focused on new characters and whatever was going on there. And they might have had like just as a reference, like uh, Sheriff Vicodin would have shown up and like – done Fonzie snap fingers and then left like <laughs> it, it's funny you brought up Guardians of the Galaxy 2 because um, I know when it, when, it, when it came I mean I'm a Marvel apologist and homer mm-hmm. but when when that movie came out I loved it mm-hmm. it's the only one I don't own Guardians you know, 2 or Guardians 1 Gar- Gar- Guardians 2 mm-hmm all the things about Guardians One that we loved, the it didn't take itself seriously. The movie poster that said, "What did they say?" Like, "You're welcome." Mm-hmm. Um, everything that was awesome about it, and then they 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 um, you know how you make foie gras by force feeding a goose until its liver is so fu- you know what I mean? Yep, yep. That's what they did with Guardians of the Galaxy Two, where every line had to be a joke. Yes, 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 yes. Um. Which it's funny when we talk about Thor here in a little bit. There's a there's a direct uh, parallels. Well, Piles and I had an argument about it between Guardians of the Galaxy two and Thor that we'll talk about here. Remind me to bring that up. But um, it's just funny to me that that Stranger Things has so many. I mean, how easy it is to compare it to Lost, and I think the reason, and this is my. Uh, psychiatrist, you're on the couch. I think the reason we're comparing it to Lost so much, I think the reason everyone's comparing it to Lost so much 
is because Lost let us the fuck down. Mm. Because Lost lost its way. Mm-hmm. And we loved Lost for three seasons, two seasons, three seasons. We loved it. Mm-hmm. It was the, I mean, it was, uh, um, I remember almost getting like verbally violent with people who were like, ah, you know, the polar bear and being like, you don't fucking get it. You're not getting it. You got to, this is a, you got to ride this show out and it's unveiling mysteries and it's answering questions and, re, you know, causing new ones. And then it just lost the fucking thread. And then it just, they had to wrap it up because it was time to end the show. And then they claimed to say they had an ending and, Mm-hmm. Whatever. I think we're afraid that that's what's going to happen to Stranger Things. I think we don't want that to happen so much that that is that's one of the reasons we're comparing it so hard because it's not just the three of us right here right now. Right. Uh, the special features episode we had, it was like almost every comparison we threw up, we threw up, then compared it against Lost, hmm. which probably isn't fair, but I think that's why we're doing it. Right. Well, and, and, and we live we live in a post-lost world. <laughs> True. <laughs> and also, like, we also live in a post-jumping-the-shark world. You know? And and so I, I think there are so many examples of, of uh, flagrant Hollywood abuse of properties where they, they just make stuff until uh, we die because our livers are too fatty. <laughs> you know, like that's a good that's a good comparison, and like Which offends my my fandom sensibilities. I agree. I I wholeheartedly Never, agree but... with you. I think you should uh, to to make another reference that's that's like dated and overused. Like die a hero, stop trying to live long enough to become a villain. Yeah, there I'll you take go. that absolutely. Can we talk though? Can we talk though about my man? And then we'll move on to Thor. Uh, can we talk about my man, Steve Harrington? Please. You really have developed a thing. Like it's Dude, I've never seen character development like that. I really don't think I have. To you're, go using, from, you're using four spritz of Farrah Fawcett, aren't you? No. I am right now. You should see my, yeah. you should see my hair. <laughs> I know. To, I can picture it. To go from early season one douchebag to semi-redeemable okay guy at the end of season one. To... Was he was he ever really full on douchebag though? Oh sure he was. I, would argue I mean he was. He put that marquee he, I mean, of uh, Nancy whatever is a slut. But then he, he grabbed then he, 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 it up. He, he grabbed Jonathan's fucking camera and broke it. Uh, well, he was kind of a creeper. He was. Uh, he was. I mean, he actually does he look kinda... like the creeper from like Scooby Doo. Jonathan. It's true. Very true. He he does look like like every bad guy from Scooby, like every false bad guy from Scooby. Yeah. He's always the rich white guy. Mm-hmm. He's always the guy that they make you think it is. Mm-hmm. But then in season two, I mean, he sums it up in in what is it? The last episode where he, where he tells Nancy to go with to go with uh, Jonathan uh, to go with the buyers, and then he says like, "Listen, I'm I'm a shitty boyfriend. I've realized I I got that, but it turns out I'm a pretty good babysitter." And he's uh, he's owning his shit. He stands up to fucking uh, the dude who's going to end up playing uh, Nightwing in the DCU. I'm pretty sure. No. Oh yeah. That all right? Let's you you almost got me to <laughs> Thor, and now I've got to stop and double back because well, that's the real reason why season two sucks. It's him. 
Yeah, it's I don't really. Think, I, I'll give I you that. I don't think it sucked, but if there is, I'm not going to agree with you on that one. But if there is a weak point to season two, it is generic '80s bully. It, yes, who's a bully because his dad's abusive? Who didn't? Who didn't have that? I thought he was going to play some sort of like. It turns out he's a fucking scientist spy for Hawkins or some shit. Right. Nope. He's just a douchebag. Yep. They spent they spent five or six episodes building his character up for no other reason than they needed a fight scene foil character for Steve Harrington. Yes. Well, that, that and they they needed they needed a um uh a reason for uh, uh Stranger Beverly to have an existence other than she's the cool redhead that all the nerdy guys are crushing on. Yeah, I suppose. I mean, they could have just done a generic new girl in school thing without all that. But Right, which is what they they that. started to do. And then they were like, ooh, but what if her older brother's a douchebag? They they didn't need that character. Mm. That I would At agree with. All. It would have been the same, pretty much the exact same show without him. Time. Even if you have to make that character, it doesn't have to have that much screen time. However, that guy is, uh, I believe he's already been cast as Nightwing in the solo Nightwing movie in the DCU. Just throwing that out there. Fantastic. Unconfirmed. uh, If it happens, uh, I'll take uh, zero credit. But uh, anyway. Disgusting. um, Joe, you haven't seen Thor. I have not. Rob has seen Thor, but he's not here. <clears throat> so, Nick, it's a mano y mano Thor discussion. I've heard really good to, things are, about Are we it. supposed to be spoiler-free? No, God, no. It's my own fault. Well, it's, I mean, it's we not can, like there's if, a... There's, I don't think there's really a huge twist anywhere in there. No, we... And I, I got no problem standing at just a high level and talking about Thor and not spoiling I don't think, anything. I don't think there's anything to really deconstruct there in terms of like... I uh, also agree with you. Which is like perfect Thor for me, to be uh, honest you know with what? you. In, in, a, in a very real sense, Joe, that's the best way to describe it. It was, um, it was exactly what you would want... Though not quite what you would expect, but exactly what you would want out of a, um, you know, not emotional roller coaster. Just you know, there is zero emotional roller coaster for that movie. <laughs> yeah, and there so is no, a, there is no a, threat of danger. There is no tug of heartstrings. There is no. Um, there's no existential question like in. Like in Winter Soldier, where you talk about like temporaries, you know, he who gives up temporary or he who gives up liberties for temporary safety right. deserves neither liberty nor safety. Mm-hmm. That whole conflict where you could almost have a, a put like a philosophical pseudo political discussion after watching Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. Uh, this movie has z- negative quantities of that. Zilch. Excellent. This it movie is, is we're going to get right to it. Yep. And we're gonna have a fun little romp through the nine realms. Was it a uh, was it the uh, Asgardian god and uh, mutant Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde buddy cop movie? I hope it is. Not exactly. Not, the not way what you, think you it ho- is. not what you hope it is. No. Okay. I I huh? will say I laughed from start to finish. There isn't there isn't a part in the movie where like Hulk like breaks into the fridge and drinks all of Thor's beer. No, there's a part in the movie though where uh, 
where Thor looks over and basically says, wow, you've got a huge wang. It's true. That is true. He may as well have said, oh, my God, I don't know why I haven't thought about it, but of course you'd have a Hulk-sized penis. <laughs> I was Can't use it, though. Much, I was not as much of a fan of all that as I thought I would be or wanted to be. I think they um, they had a little bit of the Guardians 2 syndrome where um, they pushed the jokes too much. I, and here's here I mentioned something about it earlier, and here was the here's because Jay said the same thing. Mm-hmm. They pushed the jokes too much. He's like a, he's a wise, much. wise soul. But here's here's where I made the difference, though. In Guardians Two, there were a lot of jokes that didn't land. I didn't think there was a joke that didn't land in Thor Ragnarok. It, they it all, was well they written. All, they all, it was well they written. They all worked. Yes, I'll give you that. It just was, I felt like, I felt it. I felt like they were forcing them. Not not the, the, not the words, but just forcing no, it, the timing. It is a comedy. I've also yeah, heard it, about it. It's Marvel's comedy. I've I've also heard about it that it is uh, the closest to feeling like an actual Marvel comic book. Oh, I'll give you that. It's it's uh, aesthetically with colors and mm-hmm. and everything. It's it's very Jack Kirby. Mm-hmm. It's uh it does throw back to the 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 weird Thor comics where he's he's fighting. He's not on Earth. He's fighting rock men, and mm-hmm. he's on. You know he's he's on one of his Asgardian esque adventures. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not he's not Donald Blake with Jane Foster, and then he's just Thor fighting criminals in New York City. So it is the most Thor of Thors, I think. He's, Where he's, he's just he's just a, a like a big dumb golden retriever with yeah, and he's he's on Earth for five minutes, excellent, ten minutes of the movie, um, and then most of that you're you're watching Doctor Strange anyway. You're not. You're not watching. I totally. I actually totally forgot that scene until just now. Yeah, it's a very long movie, which uh, I'm nitpicking here because it's not like I didn't like the movie, but it it was long. Long because yeah. of pacing, or was it like um, no, long by like, minutes? It's probably got to. Got to have an over two hour runtime. Oh it's wow, over two hour runtime. Yeah. Uh, the pacing was was good. Um, I guess I, I should ask one of you guys: Does it does it pay play true or pay true homage to like the the Planet Hulk storyline? To an, I, I, I don't really definite, know that. To a definite extent, it does. Um, uh, Thor's origins on Sakaar are different in the movie than they are to the Planet Hulk. Um. Uh, and and so are his the way he leaves Sakar is totally different. Mm-hmm. Like when he leaves Sakar and Planet Hulk, he has his 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 uh, his his war band with him, and they're they're coming back to Earth to for revenge. Mm-hmm. Hulk, okay. Hulk, Hulk's not doing that, but Hulk is the champion. Um, but he also has like like a wife and kids and but like Korg and Meek. Are part of his war band in in Planet Hulk. Mm-hmm. Are, uh, 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 does 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 Thor basically take over like Bullet Bill's role? 
You, you Bullet Bill. Uh, you the horse-faced. I think his name uh, is Bullet Bill. The, the, the Corbinite. Uh, uh, I no, don't. It's not. It's not Bullet Bill. And if you wouldn't, if you Beta Ray Bill. Beta Ray Bill. I'm sorry. You're right. Um, I do that all the time. No, but Beta Ray Bill. The uh, he is. There's the. There's this building in Sakaar that has all of the past champions of the Coliseum or whatever. Their heads sculpted into it. Oh, uh huh. And as we're like at the time of being in Sakaar, they're currently constructing Hulk's face mm-hmm. on the building because he's the current champion. Yep. Um, right next to it, Sarah Jessica Parker. <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. AKA Sarah Beta Jessica Ray Parker. Bill. AKA Beta Ray Bill. So Beta Ray Bill does exist in the MCU, and that has been uh, Taika Watiti, who did the directing, and Kevin Feige have both confirmed that yes, that was Beta Ray Bill. Excellent. He was supposed to be in the last Thor and this Thor, um, but his his part just got wrote out. Couldn't because couldn't just crowbar well, that Feige's, in. Feige's rule is. Um, Use the character if there's a reason to use him. Otherwise, save him for later. Yep, that makes sense. So they didn't want to just put Beta Ray Bill in there if he wasn't going to be part of the story. Mm-hmm. But now that um, Thor doesn't have Mjolnir, there's a reason to to forge uh, Stormbringer, which is Beta Ray Bill's version of Mjolnir. Right. I think. So I think it opens the it opens the doors for Beta Ray Bill, who is a stud, and he dresses just like Thor. He's just got a horse face. Yep. Um, Fantastic. How was the uh, so so? This is the second Marvel movie with the uh, the new camera that they have, um, which is why they can do the coloring like they were doing it. Is it? That's Better? Are you? Very, it's aesthetically very pleasing. Yeah. Are we? Is it, it something to look yeah. forward to in in future yeah. Marvel films? That way, oh, yeah. it's less parking lot. Oh yeah. Excellent. It was it was shot really well. What did you yes. think? What did you think of Korg? Did you think he stole the show? Which one's Korg? He is the rock man who is voiced and mocap acted by the director Taika Waititi. He's like a, he's Ta- a Polynesian. Taika Waititi is a is a Scottish man. No, he's uh, like a Polynesian. Well, he talk he talks he has a great British accent. What did what did you think of him? That character? Did you um, love him? I loved him. I thought it was pretty funny. Uh I, I kinda without knowing the comic book arc, I kinda thought it was a little bit, you know, it's sort of like a forced sidekick. It doesn't really make much sense, um, uh, his existence, but uh, was written funny. I loved towards the end when he was on the uh, when he was in Asgard and he was like, uh, "Hey, friend, so uh, me and some guys are starting a revolution and we're gonna get on that ship over there. Uh, if you want to join us, that'd be cool." <laughs> like, it, it was yeah. it was pretty funny. <laughs> I, I I did like it. I thought they wasted Hulk. Um, I I did not like. Uh, I don't I don't like. Uh, um, <laughs> I don't like, like talking th- like, or, uh, like sentient Hulk. Oh, I love. I yeah, love smart I, I don't. Hulk. I don't like. I don't like. Uh, try to be witty Hulk. That just doesn't fit. Um, emotionally challenged Hulk. That doesn't fit. I don't. I don't think you're gonna see Mark Ruffalo on screen for the existence of him being that character. Why? I think he'll always just be Hulk now. You think they he ruined him with all his he, comedy? 
he won't change back to Bruce Banner. No, that was they were they really uh, keyed in on that a lot during the movie. Where when he goes to Bruce Banner, he says like, you know, I've been the Hulk for three years. Mm-hmm. If I change back, I'll never be, I'll I'll never be able to change back again. Type thing. And when gotcha. he, it looked like he killed himself almost at the end there, uh, to unleash Hulk, knowing that he'll just Bruce Banner's gone. I think you'll you'll see Hulk just always as Hulk now. Well, I think that's that's fairly true to his comic book arc. It is. It's also really true to like the current Disney animated Avengers. Mm. It's just always Hulk. There mm-hmm. is no there is no Bruce Banner. Yeah. Well, and that and that makes sense if you're not going to bother with any sort of origin story anymore. Or solo Hulk movie. Right. Uh, exactly. Like the the only the only use that Bruce Banner ever gets is in his conflict with being that character, and at this point we're kind of over it. I think uh, within the the greater meta narrative, um, there's no he doesn't serve any purpose anymore. Especially if you have um, uh, world uh, uh, planet Hulk Hulk and world world war Hulk Hulk because um, he is he is sentient Hulk. He's he. You've said Hulk too many times. Yeah, <laughs> fair. But uh, so he's 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 he has reached a point where he's integrated his intelligence into his rage, um, in the same way that that in the first Avengers movie, uh, Banner has already integrated his rage into his intelligence, right? That's true. Um, so we just we've we've got the reversal of the character, and so we have a Hulk that could ostensibly control himself well enough to not just be a nuclear weapon running around, or at the very least to be a nuclear weapon running around in a specific direction instead of just grabbing cop cars and throwing them at people. So, like, it makes sense to me that they would just have him be Hulk from now on on screen. I agree with you. I. Uh... I I really do like the Thor character. I think he might be amongst my favorite Marvel characters. Um, I like the MCU but, one definitely. Yeah, that, that's yes that. Um, so very enjoyable. Um, last yeah, last the, bit of news. I don't know if you guys saw it, but talks apparently have broken down between Disney and Fox. Oh, okay. News came out this week that Disney was buying 21st Century Fox. Right, right. Everything but their Fox News and Fox Sports. God, Fox Disney's so smart. It's no wonder. It's just no wonder. Apparently now, apparently now, talks have broken down. But I'm wondering if talks have broken down publicly because they didn't know that their talks at all were even going to leak. And so now they have to create like a false distance. Right. I don't know. I don't know. But I have a, and we won't spend too much time on it, but I have a, a, a movie pitch idea I want to throw past you guys. Oh, please. Well, well hold on. Let's finish up our thawing. Okay, yeah, go ahead. I Two last uh, points, and I'm, I'm going to defer to you guys. I guess to you, Ryan, because Joe hasn't seen it, because this was my one, like, my really only one, like, eh, eh? Um, and hopefully you're going to tell me, Oh yeah, it's just that they're, it's really an homage to the comic book. But, um, uh, what in the sweet and savory fuck is with (laughs) Carl Urban's M16s? Uh, you're talking about scourge. Sure. 
Why does why does Aomir have old American military rifles? <laughs> um, it's weird that he was a. Uh, um, Uh, in the show, I thought it was weird he was even in the fucking movie myself. But uh, um, in the in the comics, he uses them. Okay, fine. So I mean, it is it is a, it is an homage to that. But um, he's uh, he's normally I, he he's not normally uh, um, tied in with Hella. He's he's it's it, he's known as the executioner. And it's the executioner and the enchantress. So it actually sucks that he's no longer able to be in the movies. Mm. That yeah. So, so the MCU that. really needs more FetLife Aomir. That's definitely true. And uh, probably my one happiest takeaway, probably the best use of Led Zeppelin in a film since Top Gun. Was very good. So was I'm very so excited good. to see this movie now. I was really excited before, but now I'm like even more pumped. You so, ready for my? Sorry. You ready for my movie pitch? Please. Nothing. So, nothing on my Led Zeppelin Top Gun bait. That's. I didn't. I didn't take it. I, I, I <laughs> hope I, I gave you the here fishy fishy, and you just kind of swam upstream. Great bait, mate. So Carry let's. On. Let's pretend Marvel buys Fox and gets the rights to all of the Fox-based characters back. Oh, boy. Okay? There's a <laughs> lot of ifs that preface this scenario. Mm-hmm. And then let's say they have the balls to make the movie version of, Mar- of Deadpool Kills the Marvel Universe. Oh. Which is a story where Deadpool... Kills in the Marvel an, Universe. In an attempt to fix himself, to get rid of his inner dialogue, actually creates a third dialogue, which commands him to rid the universe of all its heroes because it's in their best interest because they don't know that they're just comic book constructs. Because as we all know, Deadpool is... Uh, aware of the fact that he's in a comic book. Right. And he goes through and systematically kills the Marvel Universe. He um, he he blows Spider-Man's head off mm-hmm. with a gun. Um, he blows up a lot of the Avengers and Avengers Tower. Um, he Everything from the Taskmaster to Swamp, Th- I mean, Man-Thing, he kills them all. So let's say they have the balls to do that, and they have Ryan Ryan Reynolds as Wade Wilson as Deadpool kill all of our Marvel characters in a movie. And at the end of the movie, he wakes up from a dream and says, "Like, fuck, that was the craziest dream I've ever had." Right? <laughs> and then he flies off and as Hell Jordan. No, 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 <laughs> no. He walks out of his room, which is obviously his bedroom. And he's in Avengers Tower. And here comes a dude who is, uh, he's an actor that we know. I, don't, I haven't cast him, but just imagine an actor that you know today that could also play Tony Stark. And he high fives him and says, like, sup, Tony? And 
roll credits. The entirety of the MCU, the 20 movies we've seen up to that point, were all just part of Deadpool's dream. And they never really existed. And it simultaneously resets the MCU and gets Marvel out of all of their contract problems that they have right now. They don't have to sign Robert Downey Jr. on or figure out how they're going to get to pay him to continue as Iron Man because his contract's up. They just recast him, and it's okay because the Robert Downey Jr. as Tony Stark was just part of Deadpool's dream sequence. It's a lot of mind-fucking going on. Um, I'm really into that. be awesome? I'm really into that. I'm also into the idea of them just like, that's just over. Like that's that's the end of. They, they never make another Marvel. Movie. They well, or or they wait, you know, like twenty years. That would be fine. I would with me. love. Let's say it's. Uh, I'm just trying to think of it. Let's let's say it's. Um, uh, oh my God! Who's the kid from uh, High School Musical? Zach. Let's say it's Zach Efron. Zach Efron. It's Zach Efron. Just just Shit dogs. Just just hold on. Just roll with me. It's Zach Efron. And as he's walking down the hallway in a nice in a in a five piece suit, and it's obvious that's obviously Tony Stark. The facial hair is right and everything, but it's Zach Efron. Right. And and Deadpool high fives him and says, "You wouldn't believe I said a dream. You were played by Robert Downey Jr." <laughs> that's funny. It's amazing. I would. It would be the greatest move a company could pull off, in my opinion. Like mm. two hours of Deadpool killing off the Marvel universe. One by one, and then waking up from a dream, hard reset with some weird ending like that. Bang. Everything we just watched from Iron Man 1 to whatever was all fake. I think it's fucking brilliant. I, I, I'm really into it. I think I could pitch that to Disney. Timothy Oliphant. I'd, I'd have to do better than <laughs> That's a good call. I'd have to do better than Zach Efron. Timothy Oliphant would probably be a good... That would be a good pick. So, that's all I had. I just thought that that would be a... I'm, I'm into I that. Thought, I, I, don't, I, don't even, I don't even think I need to have... I don't think we need to even have a geekery after that. That was so good. And you already pre-geeked all over I yourself. I already pre-geeked all over myself. And uh, I, I don't think I have geeked. I geeked on Thor and Stranger Things too. So there's just plugs then? Yeah. Unless Joe's geeked. Joe, have you geeked? Uh, I, I, I geeked on Archer this week, to be honest. And Stranger Things. And we talked about those. Yep. Yep. So, I could say I geeked. I finally saw Moana, but... Uh, yeah, so, there'll be plugs. Yeah. Plugs. Yeah. Coming up. Movies about volcanoes. And singing crabs. <laughs> Never seen it. Makes it valuable to kill with a nice... Nico here. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Chapsnatter, and listen to our twats, especially from Rob Bass, as he will keep you up to date on all the latest and greatest going on with the show. Also, follow us on YouTube, iTunes, and RedTube. The five stars. We love you. Hello, this is Sherlock Holmes. If you can't get enough Cartoon Joe, check out him. Check him out on this this freaking show podcast on uh, Saturday mornings at eleven a.m. Get on over to our Patreon at patreon.com/geekcastlive for special content, 
perks and that warm, fuzzy feeling that you're doing something awesome and helping out our podcast. We wouldn't be anywhere without you guys, and we look forward to bringing you geeky content for a long time to come.